Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 11, titled Leafy. Yet another fantastic episode uh, that kicks off this phenomenal two-part arc, which basically serves as the basis for not just the second half of this season, but for the entire rest of the series. Like, the conflicts introduced in this in these next two episodes, it's this is quite literally the story for the rest of the show. It is no exaggeration to say that. So, this episode starts off. And, of course, like, Reese is gone. We're all still recovering from Carter's death. And in a shocking turn of events, Finch is ignoring the machine. The payphone rings. And he's not answering it. He's just given up. And then, of course, he goes back to Root. And Root's like, hey, asshole, stop ignoring the machine. Here's your new number. Which is a mystery in and of itself. If she's in a literal Faraday cage, how is she in contact with the machine? But I digress. Uh, So Finch... Finally relents and looks up the new number. And it's this man who is in the hospital currently, has a brain tumor. uh, Has a brain tumor that is terminal. And is dying. So... This in and of itself is weird because, assuming he's the victim, who would want to kill a dying man? What's also weird is that this man has a security detail. And not just any security detail. Freaking Secret Service. And and when Shaw goes in undercover as a doctor, like, they kind of grill her. Like, uh, what are your credentials? Where did you transfer in from? Blah, 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 blah. Like... The government is keeping this dude under lock and key. The only person allowed to be let in is his wife, Diane, who this dude does not remember, and it's absolutely heartbreaking to see. And we find out, after a while, uh, after some of this dude's ramblings, that... He worked at the NSA and was working on a secret project called Samaritan. 
Now, clearly this person has top security clearance. We're able to deduce this. We're able to deduce this fairly accurately. And so, the two options are either some other government agency is trying to kill him, some other organization wants what this dude has, or it's his own security. And it seems to be confirmed that one of these is the case when Shaw breaks into the radiology lab where he is basically being interrogated with uh, sodium pentothal. And of course, this woman who is interrogating him escapes and Shaw gets captured and is, of course, interrogated by this dude's security detail. Eventually, however, the entire security detail gets poisoned and... After Finch does some digging into, like, surveillance footage and identifying the woman interrogating this dude, Finch eventually is able to figure out, oh, shit, this dude's not being targeted by another agency or his own security detail. He's being targeted by vigilance. Vigilance. Remember, this hyper-privacy-oriented revolutionary group that is trying to lead like a second American revolution against the tyranny of a surveillance state. They are trying to find Samaritan. They are trying to root this... this... uh, this NSA surveillance out. And so that's why Vigilance is trying to get the information out of him and then kill him. That is where the danger comes from. And we get like a brief, like, like two second appearance from Collier in the middle of this. And as Shaw and this dude's wife are like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And this dude's like, not listening, not listening, not listening, not listening, not listening. Finch shows up and is like, hey, buddy, we gotta go. And at this moment, we find out the reason why, as I have neglectfully failed to mention, Finch has been kind of weird and cagey about this particular number. Because this is an old friend of his from MIT. And the dude's just like, hey, Harold! Hey, what? How's it going, buddy? What you been up to? And it's just like all smiles and good times as they're getting chased out of the hospital and getting shot at. Uh, but they finally get him out of there. They finally escape, uh, and they take him to a safe house, where Finch is like asking uh, this dude questions about like what did they want? What do they want? What do they want? What's Samaritan? What's Samaritan? What's Samaritan? And eventually we learn what Samaritan is. We'll see, um, it's an AI that will watch everyone, and through watching everyone, will detect terror. 
to detect acts of terror before they happen and identify the perpetrators. Um, what? That sounds a hell of a lot like something else we know about. Yeah, apparently, um, we were working on this, we were working on this, we were working on this, and man, uh, eventually it was, eventually it was shut down, and like, uh, just randomly one day, out of the blue, and you know what I think? I think we were shut down, not because we couldn't do it, but because someone else got to it first. Um, so... Let me translate this. Uh, there's a second machine. This dude built his own version of the machine. And we got damn near close to finding it. We got damn near close to having it. But then, boom, Finch came in, sold the machine to the government for $1. And bing, bam, boom. It's all good. It's at this point that I have to remember. Remember that time that Finch just flat out said, Hey, F you, government. You were the wrong people to give the machine to. I'm going to release it into the wild. And I'm going to make it so that you don't have control over it anymore. And it's just an independent thing. So now, after so many years of you controlling the machine, you don't have control over it anymore? Remember that? Sounds an awful lot like someone wants a version of it under their control. Now, we'll leave this here for a second because I want to talk about a couple subplots. First off, we get these great flashbacks uh, with Finch as a kid. And in his upbringing with his father, who apparently was going through similar degenerative brain diseases as our number is now. And he's sort of like, over the years, getting less and less and less and less and less and less cognizant, sort of getting less and less and less and less mentally capable, uh, slowly losing control of his mental faculties. And we see Finch being very, very devoted to his father, wanting to uh, build something to help him remember. Wanting to build something that could contain a crap ton of memories and could think. Sounds an awful lot like the machine. And it's really, really great. It's really, really phenomenal uh, flashback storyline. Really, really great character building for Finch that I absolutely love. Uh, we also get this big subplot with Reese just drinking at a bar in Colorado. Of course, apparently Finch sent Fusco to watch him. Reese picks up on him immediately and is like, well, um, you were tailing me, clearly. And Fusco sits at the bar with Reese. And we learned, by the way, in this moment that uh, Fusco... 
is two years sober because of Reese. Like when uh, when Reese found him and Reese put him on the path of uh, being better, he decided to stop drinking. So there's that a little fun tidbit. We find out that Reese is, Reese's father worked in this town that he was in, uh, was in Vietnam, and then uh, came back and two months later was dead of an accident, of a workplace accident. And Reese, of course, in the middle of this, is just wallowing in pain and saying, no matter what we do, bad things will always happen. It's pointless. And Fusco's like, hey, what the hell are you talking about? Like, uh, you're not the only one hurting here. I lost a partner. And how could you say that all of this is, everything we do is pointless? How could you say that us trying to stop bad things from happening is pointless? And eventually this comes to... Reese and Fusco getting into a fight outside the bar. <laughs> it's a great moment. It's so good. I love it. Bar fight. Bar fight. Bar fight. Bar fight. Bar fight. <laughs> of course, this results in Reese and Fusco getting arrested immediately. So that's fun. Now, I need to talk about this ending. Because... Oh boy, this ending. So, this dude has another, uh, another episode where he's like yelling about his wife and how he doesn't remember her, he doesn't remember her, and doesn't remember her. And Finch is doing like, hey, come down, this is your wife, this is Diane. And at this moment he's like, I remember Diane. She died two years ago. Here's the exact date. And Finch is like, oh, crap. And before he can put two and two together, this woman talks into her wrist, go. And then a bunch of government agents, like, just rush into this safe house, uh, take Finch, Shaw, and our number prisoner. And who walks in but Hirsch? And we find out in this moment that this woman is his boss. Control. The woman that Shaw worked for for years. The woman behind the scenes on all the numbers. Everything Hirsch was doing, everything that special counsel dude was doing, it all went back to her. Notice how I was talking earlier about uh, Machine out in the wild. And now government not happy about that. Control not happy about that. Turns out Control wormed her way into the hospital by posing as his wife. By posing as this man's wife. Trying to get information out of him about where backup drives for Samaritan were. And then it kind of went off the rails when Shaw showed up. But she was able to learn about her boss, Finch. And so now basically, this woman picks up a gun and offers a choice. One of you is going to tell me what I want to know. Either you're going to tell me where the Samaritan drives are. 
or you're going to tell me where the machine is. And whoever tells me what I want to know gets to live. That's where the episode ends. Oh boy. Oh boy, I have so much to talk about in that second part. Oh boy, uh, that'll be something. Get ready. Get re- get your butts ready for the second half of this arc, because it's gonna be... It's gonna be great. I'll just say that. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will put up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 12. Talk to you then.